Welcome to episode 68 of Honestly Unbalanced. This week's guest is the lovely, lovely Naomi Anand. Naomi's a yoga teacher. She's been teaching full-time since 2002. And over this time, she's developed a deeply compassionate style of teaching that emphasizes the therapeutic benefits of yoga, as well as its potential to uplift and inspire. In 2012, Naomi set up her lovely yoga studio and community in Dalston called Yoga on the Lane. So if you're local, go and check it out. And she also has two books out. Her first one is called Yoga, A Manual for Life. The second, more recent one is called Yoga for Motherhood. And they are absolutely aesthetically beautiful to look at as well as to read. Naomi's developed a method and a course to teach yoga to children in schools called Yoga Club, which she describes as proper yoga for kids. So she's really doing amazing things in this world. And you're also going to find Naomi at Wilderness this year. If you're heading off to Wilderness Festival, you will find her in the book tent. So go along and say hi. Me and Adam wish that we could go. It's actually our first year that we haven't been in a long time. Well, last three years, I think, because we'll have a newborn. But definitely go and introduce yourself to Naomi and say hi, because she's such a lovely, wonderful soul. So in this episode, we talk about parenting as a creative act, remembering the beauty in the small things, how Naomi left home at 12 to join the Royal Ballet Company and left because of dance injuries, then found yoga, as so many of us do through injuries, teaching children in schools to self-regulate, seeking external validation versus looking within, juicy one using our challenges as opportunities for growth and also asking why we feel we need to do the harder poses in yoga, also a juicy one. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it and thanks so much for listening. A little shout out today to Om Yoga magazine. So Om Yoga is the perfect read for anyone interested in yoga, whether you're taking your first steps onto the mat or you've been practicing for years. It's full of advice and guidance on everything from online yoga to making meditation work for you, with plenty of tips for teachers and the latest news from the yoga world. Yoga is more than just the shapes that you make on the mat, and Om Yoga is more than just a health and fitness magazine. It's about a yoga lifestyle encompassing nutrition, family, spirit, and actions. And you can find out more at ommagazine.com. And last but not least, guys, I am so excited to announce that I finally released my album out into the world. It's called Luminous Shadow. I made a promise with myself I would get this baby out before my baby comes out, and I've done it. (laughs) It feels like it's been, oh gosh, just such a journey to make this album. It's a collection of... I'd call it healing music, healing music with the intention to unite you with joy, with soul nourishment, with deep connection, with the truth of who you are, with love, with your own magic and inner wisdom and peace. That's my intention for you when you listen to it. So if you feel called, you can purchase my album on my website, which is www.hollyhustler.com. And there's also a little bonus meditation for you that in there as well. So thank you so, so much for your support. I can't tell you how grateful I am and I hope you enjoy it. I guess I, I like to think of yoga as kind of creative and everything is yoga and intu- including like all the things that kind of surround me. It's not that they have to be, 
yeah, they just have to feel like they're part, they're a sort of part of my inner expression outwards. Mm. But yeah, I really, I was very pedantic about the design of both of my books. I think I slightly drove everyone mad at Bloomsbury um, <laughs> because, yeah, I think they're used to just authors writing the words and mm -hmm. I had everything to do with every page. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and that's did, why it looks like that. <laughs> it, it looks incredible. And I, and, I, and I just thought when you released it, I think it is your first book, isn't it? Yeah. And like my thoughts, that's really ballsy, ballsy to actually say that like, I want a book that looks this good, that is bound so beautifully. Yeah. This yeah. is this is a yoga a manual for life, the first book. Yeah. Actually, touching on you just spoke about creativity, and I read something. I think it might have been in your your next book, the motherhood um, book, about how you have used yoga as a tool to tap into your creative part of you becoming a mother. Yeah. And that, that spoke to me and I'd love to know a little bit more about that if you care to share. Oh, that's great. I'm so, I'm so excited for you both. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Ahead of you. But um, yeah, for me, like mothering is like the ultimate and parenting is the ultimate creative act. Mm. It's an opportunity to sort of see, you know, life that's been living through you or an, an, if you adopt a child, an expression of you outwards um, wow! It's and it and it made it's allowed me, I think, to really, I don't know, to remember the beauty in the small things as well, mm. and kind of slowing down a little bit because you sort of have to when you've got um, little people. Not necessarily, it life feels really full, but I think in paying attention to those little things, the little small things, suddenly. It feels more colourful. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think pre-children, I was very much running around the city. Um, yeah, Adam, I've seen your kind of career uh, arc and I can really relate to it because when I first started teaching in 2002, I think it was, um, I was teaching hot yoga and I was teaching 20 classes a week. Mm -hmm. And then I was teaching power yoga and I was doing the same thing. And kind of just really put in the hours in the early days and felt like I kind of honed my craft quite quickly, like became quite an experienced teacher sort of quite quickly. Um, but what's been really nice actually about having children and then continuing my yoga practices, it's had my idea of what a yoga practice is and what a teaching practice is has had to change. And I've found all kinds of openings in that it's been really special it's not to say it hasn't been hard but it's been really it has been really special <laughs> before becoming a mother so when you were pregnant for the first time yeah. did you have a particular intention to how you could link yoga with being a mother or at that point did you feel that yoga had changed you as a person and you were maybe going into motherhood with more intention than you might have done without yoga i think you know with that kind of this idea of like everything there's sort of suffering in everything mm. and the way that sort of yoga brings you into contact with the things that aren't easy like the stuff in your mind and the stuff in your body um i think that really dialed up in my pregnancy because i have type 1 diabetes so i'm insulin dependent and i'm also i don't produce any thyroxin so for me being pregnant was a there was a lot of intervention I, I had to be like at the hospital having blood tests all the time and lots of scans and I was sort of high risk 
Um, and I had to check my blood sugar through the night. So I woke up sort of through the night of my pregnancy. And But I think choosing to, rather than push against it, like work with it. Yeah, I think that's where like the yoga came into that practice. And I just, I just went with it. And I just kind of, I actually loved being pregnant so much. I mean, it was like, I did have a fair amount of anxiety, I think, especially first time, but um, but I also loved it. And it did, it did feel an extension of my practice of almost like everything that I've been doing on my yoga mat for those years was kind of leading me to this point where I could be truly present for something mm. way bigger yeah. than myself which just feels it feels such a gift doesn't it yeah being pregnant and you speak about this in your book uh, your experience of labor and childbirth and how you really brought your yoga practice into that experience and the focus on yeah. the breath and how you remembered that you know yoga means to oneness and and uh, to yoke um yeah. so do, do you feel that that really helped you you know all your practice and the yoga through your your labor and your childbirth yeah, I mean, it really did. My experience was um, was was challenging. It's funny whenever I talk to someone who's pregnant, I almost like I kind of want to sort of edit what I'm saying, Holly, because your experience and this is what's so beautiful about motherhood is your experience will be a complete is will be your experience. Yeah. It will be perfect whatever yeah. comes in. Um, so yeah, take what I say with a pinch of salt here, but. Um, I, my baby was first time around was growing really big mm. because of my diabetes. So I actually had to be induced very early. So at 36 weeks, um, she was born nearly nine pounds. Oh, wow. And then that last month they doubled. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> you. Know, <laughs> I and I mean, we haven't met in the life, but I'm not a particularly, uh, <laughs> I'm not a particularly big person. No, you're tiny. Um, so I, I I was induced very early and um, it wasn't straightforward. I ended up having a an emergency C-section first time round, um, but it was really different second time. Um, I had a planned same thing happened. Big baby, I had a planned C-section, but I was so I was saying to somebody this morning I was so present for the for the experience. It, it, it's just this like little moment. It's a portal to meeting your child that I'm a big believer in, like, you know, take, take the lifeboat as in, you know, if me type one diabetic woman who was not recommended to have babies 50 years ago, we were not having babies. We were told not, we couldn't, yeah. you know, to now being having, having babies, if, if what's required is a C-section actually, it, that can be really profound and beautiful too. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, and it was really meditative. Wow. It was really meditative. It was really beautiful. And I recovered super well. Um, obviously, obviously, like a vaginal delivery would have been amazing. And if I had gone full time, I would have, I would have loved that to be the case, but it, it just wasn't for me. So again, it was like accepting something that wasn't necessarily yeah, what, what I had kind of imagined, because nothing is, is it? No. Nothing is what no. we imagine. <laughs> I suppose, you know, the yoga practice really helps you to accept things, doesn't it? And to see things as, well, for me anyway, I just see every um, opportunity as uh, everything that happens as sort of an opportunity for growth and you sort of see the, the, the positives in it instead of, I don't know, wishing it could have been different. 
Totally. Because actually, yeah, well, you know, if we kind of like remember how we were before we were in this sort of journey of becoming a mother and that can take years and years yeah. of just even like planting that seed to just imagining or um but yeah in our practice all the kind of little little bumps along the road as we move through our own practice it's such good training isn't it yeah. and, then it's, and then and then even more so when when you have these little people to care for because actually you know the birth bit we talk is talked about so much and my book is really about the bit after mm. um mainly because i feel really i feel quite strongly that like the birth is like the drop you know in an ocean of a life yeah it's like one small and actually all the love and all the bit all the stuff that comes after is mm. so huge and actually kind of preparing people parents for that bit i think is where it's kind of lacking a little bit in yeah. the sort of conversation. Mm. So, and so true. I, I hope that the book is, in the book there are these letters to a mother as well. They're these letters from a mother to a mother. And there's 13 different um, first person accounts of different experiences of, of mothering. And the reason I kind of have them in there is to just, I guess, help to increase empathy a little bit and to make women in particular feel like they're not alone in it because I think everyone has a struggle different points whether it's the, the getting pregnant bit or mm -hmm. the the labor bit or the bit after or you know everyone ha there's always a moment and actually when you're in it and, and a mom especially first time around it can feel quite lonely mm. and isolating yeah so I basically wrote the book that I wish I had had. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, things yeah. things are just being talked about so much more now these days, you yeah. know, miscarriage, birth, uh, reclaiming your power in birth. It's just, yeah, which is wonderful. So I'll definitely yeah. be reading your book through. <laughs> and does the book include anything on like emotional intelligence and how to encourage children, how to actually bring up the child? What what does it cover in terms of interaction yeah. with, with the child? Yeah, so there's there's sequences. There's a sort of a parent and baby sequence, and there's a family yoga, and there is there's there's lots of stuff about kind of um, I guess modelling. Mm -hmm. It's really about the parent's nervous system, and I guess finding ways to regulate the nervous system, and, and thinking about the elasticity of the nervous system. That actually, um, which again, like yoga has been training us to do for all these years how to be kind of on and bright and engaged and everything feeling to and drop and rest and complete surrender and you have so many more of those opportunities when you're a parent because <laughs> they wind you up <laughs> you know it's like they don't you know they're, they're, like, they're little mirrors and they push Aww. and they push and you know so um yeah i think that, that there's loads of there's loads of stuff in there about that mm. and actually my friend sent me a really sweet message the other day saying oh I'm just getting to your book and I'm loving it and I just want to remind you that it's so radical that you begin the book um the practices of the book are all lying down and I hadn't kind of mm -hmm. thought about that as, as kind of how it would be received in the order obviously it was very intentional to begin with things that were for profound exhaustion um because that's often where I think people meet yoga yeah in parenthood they're like actually really really tired and have forgotten how to rest 
I don't know if that answers your yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, completely. And completely. I love that you use, um, you talk about the yammers and the yammers and you sort of use that as a framework for bringing up your children as well, which is, is just so beautiful yeah. too. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the women who wrote about yoga in her daily life, um, Anshu, she's amazing actually. She runs a, a gorgeous um, tiffin takeaway curry gorgeous called dabba drop yeah you should definitely check it out if you're in london but um she wrote an essay about she's she's indian and grew up in india um came here as a i think like early adult like 20 or something but for her yoga meant the yamas and the yamas that's mm. exactly what the practice was for yeah. her and obviously over um the years of just being a parent she's there are there are periods where you lose your sort of asana practice that just falls away but for her they have continued these these codes of conduct and absolutely for me too yeah it's it's i'm so deeply grateful for for those those teachings i think mm. there's, there's so much to be taken from just actually observing <laughs> Um, yeah. initially, so initially when people practice yoga often they do it for themselves yeah. to some degree yeah. then you talk like the extra circle is then the people around you your family friends uh, yeah. your children yeah. and yeah. then the broader circle is the community you live within and you've worked with the community both through opening a studio and building a community for many years but then you're you're now doing more like social action aren't you with the stuff you're yeah. doing in schools so yeah. maybe you can talk a little bit about that about how how yoga developed from just you as a a dancer or former dancer to yeah. now the wider community yeah um yeah so I guess I came to it so I was in the Royal Ballet Company and I left home when I was 12 I got a scholarship and I'm from Leicester Adam so I'm not far from your neighborhood um, yeah. um and uh yeah it was a big it was a big old wrench my parents were just like what who is this child that is so sort of determined to go away to ballet <laughs> school so I, I did all of that, but it, the sort of short story is, it, you know, I ended the career, my career with injury. I danced, you know, in the Royal Ballet Company for a few years, but I ended injured and I needed to kind of tap into my body because I've been used to rigorous practice every day, like being a ballerina. So to stop would have been really bad for me. So I got into yoga that way. Um, and then became a teacher quite quickly and just absolutely loved it. And yeah, initially it was very much about my process and healing. And I was seeing, I was traveling at the time and I lived in Canada, taught in Canada for a while. And I could see that around me that the people that were practicing, it was very much about self and a little bit kind of like self improvement, which kind of, I've sort of got complicated feelings about, I guess, because it is so much bigger than just self, isn't it? I mean, um, so when I set up the studio, I'd already been teaching for about 10 years. And I set up the studio as a place for a community of teachers, of like-minded teachers who were into dynamic, dynamic practice, mindful breath-led practice, um, quiet, no music, very much about this moving meditation that we could do in this kind of container and we could grow as teachers together. Um, and yeah, so then I was, then I've, I've always like volunteered with different groups of mainly women, actually. Um, and then having children and thinking about 
you know, just the pressure that parents are under. And then obviously through the pandemic, I started teaching at my kid's school. And the feedback was just so good. Um, I went in to teach at my kid's school before the pandemic. And I remember going in there with this approach of like being really, really playful. And my daughter, she was five at the time. She came up to me. She's not done this since or before this, but she closed fist, punched me in the stomach <laughs> really hard. Like, Mary, stop it. Do proper yoga. And I just thought, you know what? You're right, kid. Like, you're right. She actually was so funny. She was five and she was like, really knew exactly what was what. And I was like, in a, I, think, I think it was, I was, in Warrior 2, when I was pretending I was on a surfboard, mm. surfing, and she was just like, stop being an absolute kind of idiot. Like, do Warrior 2, you know, do Warrior 2. It's like, a, it speaks for itself kind of thing. Mm. And she actually had the whole class at the end of that session with their legs at their wall in the Prita oh, Karani. Oh, I was like, oh, wow. oh, she was teaching really the class. <laughs> so then um, after the, obviously, once we could get back into studios again, I've developed a training, but with um, a really incredible bunch of teachers, uh, different different skill sets. One is a psychologist, one's an osteopath, one is a speech and language therapist, one ran an arts charity for 25 years, and then myself, and we developed this 60-hour training teaching kids yoga, but from a uh, like multidiscipline, highly informed, um, kind of a tuned approach and so yeah we trained a small group like 14 teachers and now they're going out into schools and as of next Monday um, the local school here every child in that school so that's over 600 children is having a six-week yoga course wow um, which is really cool and it's actually is I'm trying to look at how it could be a model for schools sort of around the country yeah um and it roughly, this is like paying a teacher um, 35 pounds to teach a half an hour class. It roughly works out as about 10 pounds per child for a, t for a six week course. Wow. Which is not much, is it? No. 10 pounds per child for a six week course. So particularly if there was like a pay it forward scheme, you know, so for the mm. parents that had, who were more affluent could contribute to, I feel like it could be something that, and I guess get out there. A, a long-term aim, maybe. Could I even have a teacher who is paid by the local authority? And that's it's just a full-time job. They go around schools within a particular catchment area and they yeah. just deliver those yoga classes. And it becomes they, they, that's their speciality. I maybe yeah. yoga teachers who are working just by the hour will always want that little bit more money because they need to supplement it as they run around, whereas someone yeah. is their full-time job. Yeah, uh, but Adam, this actually works really well because it's back-to-back. So for an hour, they'll get 70 pounds. So we're kind of keeping them. It's really, it's back to back, which it's not, it's not, it's not bad either way. It's mm. kind of, it feels like it's kind of affordable, but it's also, you know, paying London rent. Mm. You need mm -hmm. to obviously, yeah. So the teachers that I've trained, they're all yoga teachers or they work in schools currently, like they're already teachers. Um, so I've got quite a lot of experience working with children already. And I think they also see this as an opportunity to kind of do something that feels a bit give back, that mm. it's, you know, because kids are like little sponges and at home, you know, depending on the neighborhood that you live in, but, you know, a lot of kids, 
they don't have two parents at home. Life is hard, and you know, especially with like government cuts, you know, life is hard for a lot of people. So resting can be seen as a real privilege, mm. learning how to self-regulate, body agency, all these things that you and I might take as known, but for a lot of children, they're not seeing that at home because how can they? So someone coming in externally and teaching them how to, you know, just do hot chocolate breathing mm. um, or, you know, just to do these lovely, lovely practices and to, you know, at the end of every yoga club class, they build a nest. So they, oh. Oh, yoga matters actually really kindly have donated 30 mats, blocks and blankets. And um, yeah, at the end of the class, they get to build a little oh, nest. They can be in a cocoon. Yes, so cute. Is, is it mainly, is it, uh, does it sort of cover everything from asana to philosophy yeah. to meditation? It covers yeah. all, of the, all of the things. I'm jealous. I wish I had this at school. Mm. We're going to have right? to, yeah. How, what, oh. what kind of philosophy do you incorporate and kind of how? So, the, so Raki um, Jasani, she taught the philosophy and she's British Indian. So she does, she definitely touches on sort of Indian philosophy, but we were really keen that it could be taught in a sort of secular situation. So, um, you know, because we want to be able to go into Catholic schools, we want to be able to go, like the school where my children go to is multi-faith. If there's a predominant religion, it's Muslim. So, you know, it's really important that these kids feel like they're doing something which is more the main philosophy being about connection mm. and kindness yeah. rather than anything about God. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it, I think it's really important to look at the roots of yoga and to understand the context in the sort of wider scheme. So, yeah, Raki, Raki's philosophy sessions did cover yamas, niyamas. They did cover... Buddhist concepts. Um, she's actually a Qigong teacher as well, mm. um, but but also philosophy in with this main kind of at the heart of it. It's like how to ask questions. So encouraging the kids to ask questions like, "What is this? What am I? Asking? What is this? Like, why?" Mm. Um, so yeah, the classes are not like you come into the room and you sit and you kind of meditate actually each class bring each class begins with quite a sort of energetic shake or running on the spot or like letting off a bit of steam and then like interoceptively kind of tuning into your you know is my heart beating if mm. it is like let's wave at each other and then then we start building through the class because kids have got they've got a lot of energy yes yeah <laughs> has there been any difficulty with any kind of parents or what were the challenges in getting into schools in the first place yeah i mean i've been i mean i've been talking about this for years so i've, I've i guess i've planted the seed i think nothing happens quickly but my i'm quite interested in things that grow really slowly mm. um so the challenges i guess are yeah, every school has its own culture. And my dream would be for yoga to be on the curriculum, like not an after school club, not for a kind of privileged few, say, for like people that can pay for it to be something within the day. So that took a quite a bit of conversation around, okay, but it's only half an hour. Where can we put that? Mm. Um, so it's just been it's just been about having lots of conversations and and not expecting a sort of overnight 
like, come, welcome. Mm. But through the course and through the people that have done the course, and I think just the way that the class is designed, so it's every week the class is fundamentally the same, but there's a different intention behind it. So like one week it might be play and the next week week it might be more on rest. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I think schools have like, especially with this, post, well, not post-pandemic because we're still kind of in it, but um, this need for there to be just a little bit of support around mental health because a lot mm. a lot of kids are really struggling with anxiety and behavioural stuff, of yeah. course. They were, like, locked in for yeah. all yeah. those years. Yeah. It's, quite, it's been quite weird time to have kids. Yeah, so. yeah you do wonder how it's going to impact them, uh, you know, in the long run. Yeah, mm. yeah, and... I mean, it definitely has. And there are, you know, there are lots of kids out there with like real kind of OCD stuff around mm. like cleanliness, hand washing, yeah. you know. And I think because of the nature of the illness, you know, being a respiratory illness, COVID, this share, this idea of shared breath, to have a, a consciousness around that at such an early age, mm. you know, we didn't think about that. You know, we kids are often like you have to remind them to like sneeze into their arm. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> you know, they're like little germ things. But now there's a lot of kids who are sort of hyper conscious yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's but it's it's getting easier, I think. Yeah, yeah. And things like this, I think, fresh perspectives, new energy coming into schools is a really good way to kind of lift the spirits of the individual and the kind of school god what a beautiful project to have on the go yeah uh going back to your um your ballet days if you don't mind uh you talk a bit in your in your book about you know discipline and also seeking external validation and how that was such a part of your training and then how yoga really helped you to sort of look inwards at yourself and and seek validation inside uh can you talk a little bit about that yeah, I mean, it's like I still a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I was so hard on myself. I think just because also I knew how lucky I was to be at the school, um, and I was very ambitious, very young. I really wanted to be on the opera house stage, doing. Yeah, I wanted to be Juliet. I wanted to do those kind of principal parts. I really had it in my sights. Um, And there was a little bit of a habit that developed. This is a bit like therapy, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a little bit of a habit that developed quite early on for me, which was if I was doing really, really well, because I did do really well at school, to not get too excited, to like sort of squash myself a little bit like, and so I think one of the things with yoga, it's, it's sort of the, I mean, it's the opposite of that. It's not about external validation. It's about tuning in and it's not about a linear progression to being better at anything. Mm-hmm. I believe anyway, it's much more circular, especially for a woman with a cycle, with a menstrual cycle. You know, there are times in the month where, it's, you know, energy waxes and wanes. Mm-hmm. You've got to pay attention to that. It's just how we're going to age well as well you know by paying attention so i think through cycles through breath through a lot of meditation um i think i'm much kind of kinder to myself but i'm also really hard on myself like it's 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 i am it's taking 
it might be a life's work that but that's okay yeah and like as i say i'm up for the slow game <laughs> love that i need to and what what changed your approach to the practice and the teaching? It sounds like you, you know, you're teaching hot, yeah. which is kind of very yang. Oh, uh, and you can kind of objectify success quite a lot in kind of hot yoga because totally. you just see yourself yeah. getting deeper and deeper. Then yeah. you te- you taught power yoga. At what point did it shift to the more restorative practice practices? I I was actually in oh god, I should admit this, but I was actually <laughs> in the um, the asana competition. You know, like the, the big world championships. Yoga. The world championship oh, wow. that seems friends. so backward <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> in the craziest poses like a uh, full shalabhasana so like on my oh, tummy god. chin feet down here, oh my god kind of like crazy stuff and like um natrajasana like uh, basically standing splits but like your leg actually in a split mm. all these things that i never do and would not recommend doing to anyone now you don't have photos of yourself doing them framed in the studio do you i remember god this is so funny but i remember i was in the times magazine when i like won the wow. British competition so i was and um, oh, you won you were a champion that's not in your bio that you're a yoga champion, champion. It, <laughs> it was the worst literally feet here crutch here oh camel toes like, <laughs> on your head between my vulva i was like oh my god there's no dignity in this do you know this is just what am i doing i think in a way doing that was a bit like what am i doing the truth is i did that because um i was dating a canadian boy at the time and i and i knew that if i won which if i kind of did that i would I could get a ticket to LA and meet him in LA. So it was a bit, oh. it was sort of like strategic. It was kind of romantic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was surrounded by a lot of push and sweat, like a lot of sweat. Um, but then in my sort of mid late twenties, like I think I was 26, I got really, really poorly, like so poorly lost um, a lot of weight. Thought I thought I was kind of dying was going to the hospital going to the doctor all the time couldn't figure out what was wrong went to India because my doctor was like you know go and have a rest I think you're stressed and I was like I I just don't think that's it and came back and nearly 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 died I was I had diabetes and I didn't know so I'd so I got admitted to hospital where I stayed for a while not maybe like two weeks or something um and yeah, within it was so wild, like within I've been feeling so unwell for about kind of six months. And then within 10 minutes, I was on two drips and I was needle phobic. So I was like, this is a disaster. Mm. I can't be diabetic. I can't inject myself every time I want to eat. Um, I think I was more worried about that. But that had then my approach had to change was, is is why. Um, and I had to look at some of the, the things that I was perpetuating through my practice what I thought was being kind to myself wasn't. And that happens like every few years, I have like another little, like, ah, oh, you think, you think you're getting somewhere, you think mm-hmm. that you're, and then it's like, I get sort of knocked off, punched, you know, and then I'm like, oh, okay, it wasn't that, it wasn't that. So I feel it's, an, I don't see illness as obstacle anymore, because I feel like ultimately we're all, decaying like that's what happens however can we do that with grace and can we look at the things that challenge us and 
use those as like opportunities, as you said, Holly, like as an opportunity to for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my, my approach, I think, changed after that. How is your body in terms of kind of, you know, those years doing relatively extreme, not contortion, mm-hmm. but not far off? Like how, yeah. are, how are like ligaments and how is your spine? How is your body in a, in a general sense? Oh, Right. I mean, surprisingly, it's okay. I mean, I've got, I've got ballet friends. One of my best friends told me the other day, he's with, I'm 41, and he said that he's just been told he needs a double hip replacement from Ooh. ballet days. Um, and I don't, I mean, who knows, but I feel okay physically. I think because now, I mean, I really like the tough stuff. It's not like I don't ever do that anymore. I just do it really slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't do it every day it's like a different thing like some days i just met not just but some days i meditate that's my practice um but it's not to say that i don't ever do that i actually really like the tough stuff and actually the studio is it's dynamic yoga it's strong it's it but it's just not pokey yeah. yeah i think it's you, know the, you know the difference yeah. it's important i think for students we kind of delicately frame why we do the hard things like my view is that you know doing a contortion pose you know a contortion like extreme pose isn't good in its own right the reason one might go there is because what you're doing whatever variation you're doing has become slightly easy it's become completely comfortable there's no challenge to breath no challenge to mind there is no challenge that is helping you, you know, deal with life. You're just hanging out in a pose. At which point then it is worth going a little bit deeper, a little bit further to find something that is subjectively challenging. Mm. And that, well, in my view at least, that's the only reason to go in a more advanced version of the pose. Because mm. what you're doing has become relatively simple. And if you want a dynamic practice like that, you might want to go a little bit further. It's interesting because I used to think that, but then... I I think just in with sort of health challenges, I've had to, I have had to at periods do a lot less. And now sort of this idea of kind of inverted commas advance is much more about moving through the koshas and actually dropping really back into feeling like where is the center of my breath right now? Mm. Like, and, and where i'm just i'm so much more attuned i feel now to my sort of tissues and that kind of really subtle sensitive aliveness that there's so much magic in that and i wonder if i had to go to the really loud sensation to realize that was not it Mm. to Mm. kind of now come right back and be like oh this feels closer to it whatever it is Mm. um yeah there's an analogy i heard somewhere which talked about the idea of when you're in a very extreme pose uh you compare it to an orchestra you just hear the soloist you hear the big loud sensation and actually as you become more attuned to your body or to your breath you can take a pose that is some people might consider mundane like warrior two but you then start to really hear the whole orchestra you feel every part of the body, you become more aware to the part of the body. Ergo, the pose actually becomes, if anything, a little bit more challenging because yeah. you're suddenly yes. aware of everything that could be potentially happening and going on and how your mind and breath then actually interact with that. Mm, that's lovely. Yeah, it really is a whole, I, think, I think Van der Scaravelli talked about that and I also think Miss Dianga used to talk about that too in his Light of Yoga book. And I've said, I use that metaphor a lot as the breath, as music that you dance to. I think because I was really conscious when I stopped dancing. I love 
music. I'm really passionate about music. It was like, I feel it within me. Really, I find it very emotive um, to make my practice a kind of separate thing mm. because music to me like leads me into past or the future and breath allows me to really anchor in. I think you wrote a post about this, Adam, a while ago and it was and it really struck a chord because I was like, yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely that. Um, because it's different, isn't it? You can you can get, it's not to say that, like I know you do your gorgeous sound healing, Holly, which is, I love your, your stuff. I think it's oh. amazing. And that's a very intentional yeah. creation it's in itself. different to music, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think feeling the body as an instrument. Yeah, there's a lot to be, I think there's a lot to be said there, particularly in a really noisy world. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. What yeah. about, um, you've got your yoga on the lane. So yes. what, what was it like to, to build your studio, to create your community? Yeah. What were the, what were the challenges? Oh, I, I feel like being really um, telling you all the good bits because I yeah, sort of feel like you should it. do it. Me too. I think you too <laughs> Maybe. Amazing. Aww holding because it is it is you birth it Mm. it's like it really is a baby and um it's everything I don't think David and I have had a holiday together where we haven't had to sort out keys or a cover teacher (laughs) or something and it's a tiny little space but still it it occupies a lot of our headspace um but it was um, it was a really fantastic project I um yeah, my best friend, one of my best friends has this, I used to have this cafe next door. And so it was a shared landlord that we had. And we took on this space um, and they're, a, they're an Indian family and they are, they're big into Ganesh. Ganesh is their guy. And um, it was just, it felt like a very auspicious thing. They were really delighted that a yoga studio was coming to Chakra Lane. Um, and we like signed our lease on a particular hour, like Ganesh's hour, Ganesh's day. It was like oh, a very nice. sweet, it was really beautiful. Mm. And so they're, they're, they're an amazing family and, you know, they're there and they own the little kind of news agent next door, which is still there. Um, so it, it felt like it was kind of a rooted in sort of love and family. And my dad is a really handy bloke and David's dad is a fantastic architect. So the fantastic architect father-in-law did the designs because the space was like lots of little rooms and it was really like the floor joists were rotten and it was just it needed a lot um and then my dad really handy bloke lived with us for months and months and months and we renovated it over seven months kind of with our bare hands with our family and friends but then that you can kind of feel it in the floorboards it's like you don't it's, you've got to come i'd love you both to come come and to. do like a little urban retreat um with us sometime yeah. but it is so special it's like no other space obviously i'm really biased but um you can kind of feel the love when you come in and it really is very roomy it's it's small yeah and that's it's hard it's hard to create a space i've been uh, luckily loads of studios around the world and yeah. a lot of them do feel very generic and that could be just time f- from the people that own it it could be the, you know, the lack of resource but yeah. it's very hard to make a space feel special sometimes it's just you know people put some fairy lights in the corner put a, a wheel on the back or like 
but it, 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 it's hard to get the magic. Try yoga, do it well to some degree in some of their oh, in I some of the, in I, some of their rooms. Uh, did you ever teach in promote her? No, no, I didn't. I never. So. That was really that was kind of more my day, and that was really even though it was a big class, a big studio, and big classes. It still there was something about that space had a really good energy, and mm. I think because it was it was in a very local community, so a lot of people just walking there. Um, I think that helps. But also, I, I think one of the things with studios is often people open yoga studios, I think it's a good business idea. Um, I think quite quickly you realize it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if you're a yoga teacher, you kind of know that because you know the business of yoga. You're smart about that. And so, therefore, you come at it with a different intention. And it, it, it is about connection and community and then i think that's where you can feel it yeah um there's an ashtanga space in um the oh gosh what's it is it the dharma shala i've never actually been hamish's yeah they're near euston have you been there Adam? no i've seen photos yeah because i i did practice i did teach ashtanga yoga for a while but i've never been like mad into like the mysore getting up really early and doing it but i hear from people that are that that space is really special because he's always there i think that's mm. the thing if you if you studio owner are like there yeah you feel it creating the heart of it yeah yeah the heart of it yeah mm. yeah yeah that's us yeah oh. should we do some these these conversations always yeah. go so quickly <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do some little quick fire questions now before that's- we do quick fire because yeah. we will come on to that. Is yeah. there anything you would like to tell us about? So the new book, oh, you yes. would like to tell us about, about the book, <laughs> the, re- the, the release then, kind of not more than an eleva- elevator pitch, more, a bit longer than that. Give us a bit of a, a brief of what the book is about and who it's for. It's, it's really like, it's a, re- it's a book that you would give to somebody, you know, instead of like another Muslim blanket, you know, you like, you could, it's like bound beautifully. Mm. It is, it could be, you know, definitely like coffee table book, but it does have these, you know, sequences that are really easy to follow. It lies flat. Um, it does have these letters. So there's, this is one from a woman who had her first baby at 50. She had oh, a, wow. an Be- egg donation. illustrations so like, as well. The illustrations are stunning. Mm. Um, yeah. Look, here's another one. The illustrations are really oh, beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. What's and it called, Naomi? Sorry? What's it called, the book? It's Plug called it. Yoga It's called Yoga for Motherhood. Yoga for Motherhood. Yeah. And then it's also, you know, it's got the handy stuff in. It's mm. got, you know, masterclasses. Oh, yeah. The stuff that you can, you know, if you've only got five minutes and some pelvic floor tutorial um, and then some RSI tutorial because it's, It'll be good to, to to see you guys the other side, but um, it's really weird the bits that hurt in parenthood. Like <laughs> yeah. my husband just got the worst RSI. So that's included in here too. Yeah. And like, because you just, you're holding this little slippery fish yeah. the whole time. And it's just, you know, particularly, yeah. I mean, for anyone, it's just this thing. It, it's using different parts of your body. And it's lots often, of asymmetry as well, unless you're really conscious. Um, I'm not very good at elevator 
pictures, but hopefully yeah, that gives you, you a little it. bit of a sense. Even if, even if you never read it, they're beautiful coffee table books. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> even if you never read it, just please buy it and give me a nice review on the internet. And as, as, another, as another quick question for the coffee shops. Yeah. Uh, Do you like, mean the quick buyers? Yeah, that's what I meant, sorry, before, before the coffee before shop. Before the coffee shops. Yeah. Before, Adam, yeah. before you do that, I just also want to say that it's for mothers of all... So one of the letters is like when your kid leaves home and like one of the women oh. in it is a 60-year-old woman. Oh, that's oh. lovely. Modeling. So it's not all, you know, New 20s. Mothers. And yeah. grandmother, can grandmothers potentially use it too? So what, grandmothers, yes. Why not? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Granny's involved. Yeah. I guess the question I had, I'm just, I love the fact you have further reading in it and you are acknowledging that there are other people with wisdom. I like that. Uh, the question I had is just about what you wear. Have you ever been at a stage where you wear like the flash Lululemon? I can't imagine just see, seeing this book and then seeing your personality. I can't imagine you in kind of like Lululemon crop tops uh, and they're like... like <laughs> Shaking her head. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not me. <laughs> But that, I, that, I would thought that would surprise you then, because from your dance background, I guess you would be wearing kind of like leotards, etc. Oh, along yeah. there. And you, but no, you didn't. You didn't make that transition. <laughs> I didn't make that transition. I think. I think I very quickly, despite doing all the big flashy poses. For me, very quickly, it was about feeling mm. rather than how it looked. And I've been, you know, I've been on a stage my whole life and did that whole thing and like yoga is the opposite. I mean, I think it's kind of a shame that the image of yoga, I'm trying to sort of shift that with these books a little bit. Um, but the image of yoga is that real kind of crop top. Um, yeah. It's, I think it puts a lot of people off. It's mm. really, mm. it's, it's a real shame. So yeah, I mean like I just taught my class at the studio and I just taught it wearing my like all in, you know, baggy all in ones. Like, yeah. Um, you know, not because, I mean, I, I can, I reckon I could pull off leggings and occasionally I do, but, you know, it's just nice. I think it's nice to feel like you don't have to be in lycra. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Quick fires? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, we do quick fires. Do you want to start? There you, you go. One? What has been your favourite book of this year? Fiction or non-fiction? Oh, I read this really good book, um, The Diet Myth, Tim Spector. My Tim dad's Spector? just read that. <laughs> this is like the third person that said this. So I feel like I need to read it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, Peter Down, my husband's novel. Oh, what's it called? Set in a town in middle England. Do you like football, either of you? No. No. It's like, it's got some kind of football drama in it, some architecture, really good wow. novel. Um yeah probably what else have I read I read actually I actually read a lot so I kind of read one and then the next one I really liked cross I'm, I'm kind of the reason I'm racking my brains because it's all men coming out which is a shame sorry <laughs> um, but Crossroads by Jonathan Franzen is fantastic really really good book okay um, but yeah anything by like Deborah Levy I love um Olivia Sujik's Asylum um, Road is really good. Yeah. That's a whole summer really reading good. list for our listeners. Those, sorry, yeah, <laughs> we'll those in, the, in the notes. Is there, if you had 
an hour to yourself each day, an extra hour to yourself. Uh, no, no responsibility of studio, of, of children. What would you do with that hour? Draw. Oh, nice. These illustrations aren't yours, are they? They're not. At one point, I kind of like fancied myself as like doing the illustrations, but I'm not that good. Um, but I really, I find it really meditative. Mm. I really like dra- life drawing, actually. It take Just watching a body and... Yeah, so nice. Mm. find it so relaxing. And could you leave us with a favourite quote or reading, something, just something that you love? I really like that poem. You know the Hokusai says, the Roger Keyes poem? Um, No. And there's in it, it's like, let life live, let life live through you. I really like this idea of like letting life live through you and I kind of, current moving through us so rather than actually pushing and making things happen and actually allowing there to be this kind of letting life live through you that's the kind of sentiment mm. of that mm. that's beautiful really beautiful look it up if you haven't mm. if you haven't read it before Hokusai says it's so so special and it's you know it's about kind of noticing um, yeah which is gorgeous oh thank, thank you. you that's beautiful and just remind us of kind of that your social media handles where can people find you where is your sh- where is your studio <laughs> where can people get your <laughs> All <book? the> things. <laughs> my studio is yoga on the lane and it's in dalston and um my social media is at naomi yoga yeah i mean it's grown over the years but considering i've got two books out and i've it's been translated into seven languages that book that you have adam it's pretty minimal it takes it's not my it's not my skill set at all so yeah if you um like the sound of what i do give me a follow because it'll make my day um (laughs) and at yoga on the lane as well yeah and the book is out now and available everywhere it's just out as of may the 12th yeah amazing thank you so much and where should people buy it if, if, if if you want them to avoid amazon (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean if you were doing that whole amazon thing the great thing about it is you could leave me a review ah, which okay. is great um but if not you know any good bookstore little local bookshops everywhere is kind of stocking it the first one was really widely stocked in all kinds of places even like anthropology but oh um, wow i think this one is yeah so far just in bookshops yeah great. and if you can get it from a yoga studio they probably need you need money at the moment as well so about from yeah. a yoga studio if you see if you see it there exactly and if you if you you know want to buy it from me you can um if you're local i can write you a love letter in it you know? oh, so yeah. sign it <laughs> i can sign it yeah play, awesome. play, it's been play lo- author. lovely to chat yeah thank you oh. so much for coming on Honesty thank you balance.